Well done to um, our kids. Well done to our kids' church. And well done to you, Dad. Sounds like you're doing a good job there and some sketchy things as well. So we'll, ha- we'll have a conversation soon. Morning, everybody. Cool. So I've got Thomas here and Zoe this morning, my two children, who I'm so blessed with and for the reason that I can be a father. And yeah, we've got a little something for you guys this morning. So Zoe's going to start off with a little reading. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good and righteous man of direct by the Lord, and he delights in his way and blesses his path. Cool, so yeah, so yeah, firstly, happy Father's Day, all you dads, and yeah, today's just a chance to honor you guys and to celebrate you, all of you who are here with us. So that would be for all our biological fathers, grandfathers, spiritual fathers, and just, yeah, any other men who are really father figures to, to those of us around us. Um, yeah, and obviously God is, you know, those who God has called to love us and um, support us and to pray for others, and those who also even who desire to be a father one day. Um, so today is really for you guys, um, and yeah, we just really want to honor you guys, um, and actually, yeah, just pray over you all, and you guys are awesome, um, and we probably really don't express it enough, um, but yeah, you guys are really important and valuable, and um, yeah, we just really appreciate all that you do in our family units and in our communities, and so with that, if all the men could please stand up, and Tom is going to say a little prayer for us. <laughs> Dear Father God, we are all truly blessed to have the greatest Father of all, and that is you, our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and calling us your own. Thank you, God, for giving us dads. We ask you to please give our dads the strength, patience, and the wisdom to lead our families in your way. Please protect your dads and bless them as they follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Well done, you two. Fantastic. Well done, youngsters. And Ross, you all did very well. Um, Cool. Let's crack on with this morning. Uh, Do we have any of our comrades runners here this morning? Anybody run comrades? Okay. Did anybody watch comrades? Yeah, well done. Woo! Thought that was going to go different. <laughs> um, uh, so we stay there just off the bottom of um, Old Main Road in Hillcrest. And um, last Saturday, the day before Comrades, I kind of drove up on our way to um, buy some things at the shops. And I, I knew there would be some Comrades activity. And I could see like seven trucks as I kind of got towards um, uh, Old Main Road. And so I thought, geez, that's a lot of people just to drop off grandstands and stuff. And then I thought, hey, that truck's got a crane and it says elect- electrical and they're up there, they're repairing the street lights. And then just up the road, they're cleaning out this sewage leak problem we've had for about six weeks. The Verge cutting team are climbing out the back of their bucky and they're painting lines. I'm not kidding you, they're painting lines at the bottom of Old Main Road. And I thought, this is unbelievable. What a municipality, eh? They're just on the ball because someone's coming, right? The TV camera is coming. This, pres- this procession is coming down Old Main Road, and it must look like things have been operating beautifully the whole time. We kind of can get this idea that when there's a procession, when someone important is arriving, you polishing the important silverware, you're getting the, the place ready for them to arrive, right? We kind of understand this. And I was struck as we've been looking through this 
um, psalm series, uh, we've actually looked at quite a few of the procession psalms where people were employed in, in David's um, day to actually prepare songs of worship and get the people ready to go to a physical place. And you can kind of imagine the lines being painted every year as festivals coming and the street lights getting repaired and the thing going because we're heading up to the house of the Lord. We want to dress in our best. We want to get ready for our best to go to the presence of God as the people of God. And so we've been looking at that Psalm 44 that Cheryl shared from is another one of those. Let's remember that we're not trusting in other weapons. We're trusting in Jesus. We're trusting in God himself to be our deliverer and our salvation, and we're saying, God, do it again. Do it again in our time. Now, we as a New Testament people, as people of the Spirit of Jesus and of the post-cross faith, we don't have a, a physical place that we go to for the presence of God, right? It's one of the beautiful things about the New Covenant. Wherever you go, wherever God calls you and places you, places you, you go with God's presence, you go with the Spirit. And so wherever God's people are gathered, it's kind of one of those holy places. But I think maybe... One of the downsides, and maybe the only downside of being a spurred people, that wherever we go, the kingdom is in Jesus, is maybe we've lost a little bit of what it means to make the place around us look like the king might arrive at any moment. To look like our neighborhood, our physical neighborhood here around our church, actually look like something is happening and something is on the go. And I want to talk a little bit about how to be a New Testament procession people, how to be the kind of church, the kind of local church that when the physical neighbors around us, Christian and non-Christian, look in, they go, something's happening there. Why is that place constantly busy? Why do they care so much about the people across the road at the clinic getting fresh meals every Friday morning? Why are they sorting out their virgins and making their garden beautiful? Why do they care so much about this place? It's a little bit of a theology of the pride of place that we know we are called as followers of God to be stewards of what he's put in us and around us. We know we are called to be good neighbors. And yes, the most obvious things there are preaching the word to people, praying for people. But there's something that we're called to that maybe in the last few years of holding on a little bit and looking out there to other municipalities and countries and places that maybe have it all together a little bit more. We've kind of lost this dream and this vision to be unbelievable neighbors by the way we take care of our physical neighborhoods. There's something very spiritual about loving people by serving where you live and by serving the place that you plant your church and the neighborhood around it. And so I want to talk a little bit about us being a very proud to be here kind of people who think procession, who think the king is arriving. We want to put Jesus on display, not just in our prayers and our sharing of the word, but actually in the way we take care of the neighborhood and community we've been placed into. Is it making sense a little bit? But I thought, I don't just want to be the pastor up here telling you about this stuff. I want to talk to a friend of mine who's very passionate about these things and who's been in our church for a long time. Can say, so can you please give Bryce a hand as he comes up to share with us this morning? Come up, Bryce, and share with us. Good morning, bro. Thanks for, thank you for being had and for sharing with us this morning. It's very, very beautiful. So, um, I mean, you may not know this, but if you're sitting here um, and you can, like, in that sort of 50-plus category, people have been praying for you to join this church for years, that there would be some wisdom, life experience, multi-gen sort of thing. We love having, uh, really, a church that's growing in every single age group. And so, um, thank you for being an answer to prayer. Uh, you might just have pitched up here hoping for some biltong that we're handing out at the end, but you're actually an answer to prayer. Um, and, and kind of to sum up, I think what Bryce is saying is always in the 
core DNA of this church has been a, we don't just exist for us, we exist for the person who doesn't know Jesus yet, for the neighbor across the road who we might be able to serve, for the neighborhood that we want to make more beautiful and more exciting, and for the industries around us that we want to serve and get involved in. Um, but I suppose we were chatting a little bit about when it feels like you had a, comment, a fantastic comment about leaving too many brides going, it wasn't the most fun conversation of all time. Uh, you're really passionate about seeing some of these Holy Spirit whispers and dreams and passion for the neighborhood. Just burn on that a little bit for a second, bro. Tell us why you're so passionate about this place and sticking around. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, selfishly, I think we've also got to guard our hearts, you know. Mm. I was saying to Matt, like, you often leave a briar, you almost kind of slit your wrist, you know. It's all this negative mantra around, like, geez, we're going to the dogs and, you know, this is bad happening and... And I suppose also we justify our own decisions to a certain degree. You know, if, we, if we're staying here, we, we kind of build a bit of a narrative of why we're staying here. And also the people who are going perhaps, you know, understandably build a bit of a narrative of why they're leaving. And I think, you know, often I, I just kind of get sad for, for people around me. It's just I want, like, good positive talk. Mm. You know, I want to be around people who are looking for the silver lining. I want to see... see you know, spits of hope, you know, and uh, I suppose it's a loss of hope, which saddens me sometimes, and when I think of my parents and, and some of their sadness, I think kind of they plowed into the country, and a lot of their kids and their mates are kind of have all immigrated, and, and that saddens me because, like, I see my parents, and maybe I'm talking selfishly for my folks and my in-laws, they're just great people, you know, and they want to add, and they want, they've got so much to contribute to society, but again, I think sometimes the prevalent negative talk, sometimes kind of, it's just hard to stay above that. Yeah, totally. and, and maybe if I can add, like, there was a, a service I think Amy Roger gave, like, a while back, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think she spoke about the saltiness, yeah, and she spoke about, she, she described, like, a light on the hill, and... And I want people to be salty. You know, maybe selfishly, I can't control other people. I can control myself. I want me to be salty. You know, and, I'd, and I'd, I don't want to be around. Um, I, I want to be making a difference. And, and why am I staying here? Because I have hope. And, and I believe that God's put me here for a reason. And if he has, well, well then I want him to use me. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful, yeah. um, Slightly off script, which mm. is always worrying. Mm. <laughs> what, the work that you do. Is what? So, yeah, uh, I'm a career counselor, I suppose, in this perfect definition. Um, yeah, I help kids. I suppose my heart is again to help kids reach their potential, um, both at school and leaving school. I suppose my whole focus is around reading people to believe in what they can bring mm. and their strengths that they've got, yeah. Um, so every time I talk to Bryce, you can see this passion for this desire to see like hope and faith and vision being passed generation to generation, friend to friend, family to family. And I suppose you spend your time with the next generation coming yeah. through, going into the study world to be in the working mm -hmm. world. And I know that some of the things you've shared around the prayers you pray and the advice you give, like there's a longing to see them going, there's hope and excitement and yeah. vision for me to stay, right? Yeah. I think that's the saddest, it's good and bad. I mean, I'm privileged to see the most incredible kids. Like you, you sometimes in awe, you're chatting to them and you're like, jeepers, you've got so much going for you, you know? So like, um, it's a privilege. But what also saddens me is the narrative of like, hey, listen, 
I, I want to leave, you know, um, and maybe I can add a funny story, like maybe a bit more lighthearted. I mean, I was so upset at a point about people always wanting to go overseas, and I read a book, it's called The Paradox of Prosperity um, by Clay Christensen, mm -hmm. and the book was kind of this idea of sometimes what we think is going to help isn't always helping, you know, and building a jungle gym and not discrediting that sometimes doesn't help because that community doesn't want that jungle gym. Um, so I read this book, um, and he co-authored it with a Nigerian guy, um, and I was so passionate about, like, kind of, I phoned him, I got a Skype call, kind of, I sat down with my friend John, um, he, he was one of those guys we referenced in the beginning of the conversation, but, like, we actually met him, and I met with this Nigerian guy, and I said, jeez, man, it makes me so sad that all these kids are wanting to go, you know, and, like, we must make a change. He said, Bryce, get used to it, you know, in Nigeria, that's what happens all the time. And because of all of our best talented people just want to go to go away. And I just can't rest with that. Sure. Like, there's a wrestle in my soul that feels like yeah. I can't just accept that. And I think it can very easily become a conversation around what's the right thing to do. Should we go? Should we stay? I think to actually take that off the table and go, we fully endorse and we've sent people out with a blessing. If you feel God's calling you somewhere, it's the easiest thing in the world to go where he's called you, right? If God said, pick up and go from this place for these reasons, that's beautiful. I think what we're trying to talk about is, how do you genuinely believe that if God hasn't called you to do that, that it's not hopeless or optionless, it's actually if God is there, and if God is building his Hebrews 12 kingdom that can't be shaken no matter what gets shaken in the world, and if he's at work in the people, it's that best possible future for you and your multiple generations to come. It is the best place you can be is the geography of wherever God's kingdom is and wherever he's called you to be. And so we want to talk a little bit about, okay, let's assume for a second that we're here and we want to nudge towards hope. We want to nudge towards saltiness and light and all that stuff. Mm. But talk to us about some of the things that you're seeing around here that you just wish were different. I know you've, got a, you, you've come up with, uh, I don't know how many uh, Excel spreadsheets of things that we could do as a church mm. community and unity in the area. Just talk to us about some of those things you're so passionate about, bro. Yeah, cool. I mean, first of all, before I talk about those, I must talk about my failures because, sheesh, I've had some cracker ideas and some bad ones. <laughs> uh, once we, uh, we had this idea of like kind of praying for our area, which was pretty cool. We used to have a running group, and myself and John used to like pray out aloud for the, for the area. And my worst, though, that was, that was actually quite a good idea. I should actually rekindle that. But uh, I had this idea of having a multi-congregational kind of meeting at St. Agnes Church, because I work from the church, so it was quite a logical kind of fit. Um, and... Yeah, I had like, I had this idea of kind of creating an Excel spreadsheet that we would put on the screen and we would put God to the test. It was a terrible maybe idea, but I was like, I want people to see what God's doing, you know, so we'll kind of have this list and pray into it and, and we'll start to see progress, you know, and which, which obviously failed. Uh, it wasn't the best idea. And I think maybe I've been running out of steam, you know, and I've got lovely ideas and I suppose, like, for me, the thing that I've always been on my heart for a while, um, it's this idea of, you know, as a Christian body, why can't we pull our resources together around a common purpose? And, and why is it that there's, there's what we counted six churches? Basically, there's St. Agnes, then there's Cliff Baptist, there's here, and we can carry on. 
West Point down there. There's a, there's a Catholic church Open here. Skies. Open skies. Like, why is it that we've got these beautiful churches all in this area and we settle for potholes? I, I, just, I can't live with that. Like, I, I, I just think, like, what would happen if we could create a model where we could all work together towards a common cause and if we make a tangible difference in our community? And, and that's kind of this idea of think I think sometimes people get a little bit like deer in the headlights or maybe commenting of anyone else, maybe myself, I get like a deer in the headlights because so much to do and I just don't know where to start. And, and I think the idea that's certainly always been on my heart is to kind of get people to kind of go on a common purpose and just make a tangible difference for our road. All I want to do is to make a difference from Old Main Road to yeah. And there, maybe little triangles. Funny enough, I parked at the at the church. Uh, what's it? The Cliff Library, and this little map of Cliff. Mm -hmm. I was like, geez, man, can't we just put like a little area around that and start like doing things like praying for businesses and a kind of you know all the great work that people are doing around soup kitchens and whatnot. Geez, imagine we had six churches all around that common cause, you know, like. But but that's one thing. You know, what are we doing to kind of work with this idea of pulling local municipality, business leaders, and churches together to unite around a common cause? Like, why can't we do that? And I think the exciting thing for me is if I could, if we, we could do that, and we could do it in God's strength, we can create like a model that can be replicated. And that's how we could bring change. We could bring change because we've got brilliant people in this congregation. And there's brilliant people in a lot of these other congregations I'm referring to. Imagine we all pulled the grid together against a common cause. You know, if there's power in that, there has to be power. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. <clears throat> I've, uh, I've preached every second week, never got a clap. So you've, uh, you've done well, bro. First time up here. They're just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> Um, you were talking a little bit about some of those man-made plans. I, I think we can make two mistakes. One is, um, you know, we make plans and run, and mm. we run out of steam if it's our plans, right? Mm. Um, the second thing is we can be a people that prayer is always first, and we're going to pray at the end together. Prayer is always first, um, committing stuff to God. But there's a beautiful proverb that says, commit your plans to God, and what happens? It prospers. You have to have a plan. There needs to be a plan, but it needs to be led by prayer and committed to God. And so it's a simple little formula. It's mm. one theological block. The second one, if I can just kind of interrupt you for a second and we'll jump back to, to mm. some of the things that mm. are happening and some of the, the other things you wanted to share, um, is a little bit of a theological correction that I think the church has lost a little bit is, um, you know, Jesus talks about rendering to Caesar what is Caesar, to government and oversight, and giving to God what is God's. Um, if I was to ask you the question, uh, who do the potholes belong to and who do the homeless belong to? Who do the virgins belong to in our area? Do you know what I think God's answer might be? It's the church, right? The poor belong to you. They'll always be with you. When you take care of them, it's like you're taking care of angels in disguise. So feed and clothe and all that. Of course we preach. Of course we love. Of course we've got to be protecting our family and being safe. But the poor belong to the church. And who does the neighborhood belong to? God's going to hold government accountable. He said that. But he says, you be good neighbors. You 
pray for resources. You come up with plans and commit them to me. You build unity in an area and watch what I will do with it. And I think I need to repent a little bit of going, oh, not my problem. Why don't they? I'll pay my taxes faithfully. It's like there's a little bit of element of truth in that. But man, oh man, the neighborhoods belong to God's people. The poor belong to God's people. The lost belong to God's people. On behalf of him, he's the one who's going to rescue and save and inspire and resource. But it belongs to us. And I think we need to get out of some of our thinking. Because otherwise, we're going to go to another place with no potholes and find a whole new list of problems that we're moaning about. And God will once again say, well, why don't you plug into a community that believes in the gospel, that's full of the Spirit, and why don't you do something about it? Why don't you serve and love? And the thing is, it's so easy to run out of energy, eh? Because we've Mm. tried this stuff. Mm. But if we commit our plans to the Lord, Mm. they will prosper. There will be energy for it. So sorry, I hugged the mic a little bit there. Talk, bro. No, no, no. It's exactly the point. I think, like, if I reflect back to the previous ideas that I've had, it wasn't... I think, first of all, I didn't commit it enough to prayer, if I'm completely honest. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And then, sorry, just in terms of, like, ideas, I don't know if I've got the right idea. eh? I'm just saying, like, the church is this beautiful vehicle to pull people together around a common cause. And what I'm trying to suggest is the fact that, I don't, no disrespect to Bethel, sorry, I'm not criticizing them, but it's a big mega church in the US. And I think sometimes there's a risk, maybe maybe it's for me, but I look at Bethel and it's like, oh, lacquer, that's such a brilliant church, but we don't have to have a Bethel. Why doesn't Maybe an African church needs to look different because it fits into the circumstances of what people need at that particular point in this particular part of our history. Like, maybe we need to change our identity. Maybe it's not about a building. Maybe it's maybe reaching people that they can see that we are Christian by the works that we do. And, and maybe that's what will attract people to Christ. And if we get that right, yof, that's exciting. And, and maybe just going back to the earlier comment, like, what's that? If there's no vision, people peril. So if that's, if that's what God's placed in our hearts, that's what God said to us. What worries me about South Africans at this particular juncture is a lack of purpose and a lack of vision. Because if you've got purpose and you've got a vision, then those brow conversations should be exciting because that vision and purpose overrides the negative talk. And if you're so pumped and you're so amped to achieve something quite spectacular in God's help, surely that is like a force that will pull people forward and it will just guard their heart. So if you're going to make a difference, great, but at least then you're caring for them in their heart and their presence and their ability to be here and make the best of their circumstances. Um, You had some thoughts around... uh Life stage. There's some young people here, a uh, couple jobs and a couple young kids. There's some people here who semi-retired and retired. Share those thoughts a little bit. I thought they were so helpful when you shared them earlier in the week. Yeah, I shared them, but I don't want to sound politically incorrect here. So please, I take this like with the right. Well, you've already context. had a clap, so you've got a bit of currency to spend, you know. Uh, I'm so nervous I'm going to hurt somebody. That's not intentional. What I'm trying, what I was saying to Matt is the fact that like maybe with my generation, I've got three kids and... You're trying to manage a job and, you know, all those things that go with it. And the older folk in the community, you guys have been through it. So, please, I'm not trying to say that you haven't. You've done it. You kind of look at me and laugh. Like, I look at somebody with a two-year-old and think, geez, I don't want to go back there. You know, like, 
I appreciate that you're at a different life stage, but the advantage of the life stage may be that the 56-year-old might have when they don't have kids at home and they don't have like kind of all this busyness going on with busyness of kids, but um, is they've got time a little bit and they've got wisdom and they've got this ability to maybe say, oh, that will work for us, it won't. But they've got this amazing opportunity I think if we can get them pumped up I think of my parents so please I'm not talking to anyone in the room but like if I can just get my folks excited yes maybe their kids have immigrated yes maybe some of them are not living there but if I can just get them excited by the fact that like listen let's all do something special yeah you know let's kind of pull together let's do something cool let's let's create a model let's let's kind of impact our community Surely that's got to give them a little bit of hope. And, and, and I think the time richness that they could bring to a circumstance, which I might not have, and the wisdom they can bring to a circumstance, actually speaks volumes to the congregation and its complexion as it is today, 2023, as opposed to what it was maybe, let's say, uh, 10 or so years ago. And it's not an abdication. We're not saying, hey, the youngsters are going to sit this one out. Bullies, go for it. Good luck. We're saying... Um, there's this beautiful marker that the Holy Spirit arrives in Acts and, and the prophet Joel gets referenced and it says in those last days, in the days of the New Testament procession where the Spirit's going to come, I'm going to pour my Spirit out on all flesh and young people will get vision and old people will dream dreams. There's this width, this bandwidth of multi-generation that gets something slightly different. Because what often happens is youngsters have all the energy and ideas in the world with very little time. And if we're honest, as we get older in life, we struggle to keep dreaming because we're like, well, all my energy is in my past and all my best plans, all my best things. And the thing about our beautiful faces, we don't retire from the kingdom, right? We might retire from the work we call to, but man, oh man, there are beautiful years ahead. And I think to us youngsters, we're going to talk um, some parenting sermons coming up in, a, in two months' time about creating margin and busyness, because it's a terrible excuse that I just don't actually have time. We all have time. But what would it look like if the entire body got together, uh, let's say on the 9th of July after the 8.30 service, for example, or maybe we've planned something, hey, mm. an invitation to you. If you're sitting here going, yeah. I want to figure out what's the church already doing to be good neighbors? Like what does that feeding scheme across the road to the clinic look like? What does it look like to be praying for the businesses in that little triangle? What does it look like to be neatening up the neighborhood? Maybe you've got this idea for your own geographic neighborhood up in Hillcrest. That's cool as well. But on the 9th, after the service, we're going to grab a cup of tea or coffee, come back in. And what we don't want to do is go, hey, Bryce and Matt have these fully formed ideas. Here they are. Please go for it. Hebrews 12 actually talks about the voice of God speaking to the entire body. And it says that when God's voice speaks, don't ignore it. And you probably this morning having, and maybe between now and then, are going to have some sort of a, a dream, a vision as the Spirit moves and speaks about what it might look like to be this kind of church. And so we'd love to invite you on that Sunday the night after the one service to come stick around for half an hour. Sarah Shuttleworth, who's a fantastic facilitator and passionate about skills development is going to facilitate that, you are probably sitting on some of the ideas and vision and dreams that this church needs. We don't have a whole lot of answers. What we have is a heart and a DNA and a vision to be this kind of church. Did I say that okay? Perfect. Can I, just to put a line in the sand though, it's not like we don't have ideas. I'm just saying, I don't know if those ideas are right, but the vision that I've kind of, we, we were kind of chatting about is this idea of Who's the person bringing together, together, excuse me, like 
our ward councillor in this ward, Keep Kloof Beautiful Association. Who's pulling together the uh, municipality? Who's pulling together big business and who's pulling together um, people of faith all uniting around uh, this vision of kind of creating a little to-do list outside Stokers? Oh, yeah, it's probably more appropriate. Like, cool little, like, hey, this is the thing we're working on and, and this is what's happening. So people can start to see little bits of progress. And we can be the body behind that, praying for people, looking at businesses, you know, having soup kitchens, et cetera, et cetera. But like, we want a multi-layered approach, but I'm saying we've got to be the one pulling people together. You've got like this amazing array of people. If we've got a plan and we've got a cool structure to it and we've just got little small steps, maybe we can create some momentum. And if this works in this little cliff area, great. Well, then we can use that model for other areas, but we just want to start small. Because otherwise, you're never going to start anywhere, and that's a risk. Maybe we can get to the bottom of Old Main Road, because those lights will be out again in a few um, months' time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and here's the thing. Someone here will be sitting here that maybe does have pull and sway and the number of a ward councillor, and that'll take your call. Someone else might be sitting here who's got a great soup recipe or a fantastic um, passion for gardening and sorting out burgers. We need all of it and everything in between, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what the body looks like. And our commitment and my commitment is this. We don't want it to be an olive tree thing. Like if it's a church unity thing, I'm going to keep talking to Trent and to the guys at, across the church. I chatted to Andy up the road and, and um, um, uh, the guy from Middleburg whose name's James Lennox across the road here. If we can find something to do together, that's way better and preference. We're not trying to stamp the logo on here. We're just trying to be the body in action. And here's why. Yes, we want to preach the word and get you to invite your mates. Yes, we want to pray first, and we'll do that to wrap up in a second. But at some point, someone, hopefully outside Stokers, someone hopefully does feel passionate about sorting out Stokers as well. Someone's going to say, why? Why are you doing this? Who are you? And you get to answer. This is why. This is what I believe about this place and the God I serve. This is what I believe about being a steward of creation in the neighborhood that I'm called to. This is what it looks like to be a good neighbor to us and our church and our group of churches around here. And the gospel will go out and it'll be like there's a procession. Man, there must be someone important arriving in this neighborhood. Wouldn't that be cool? Right? Wouldn't the bra sound differently? Thanks. Is that for me or is that for Bryce? Well done, Bryce. Yeah. We're equal. So two, two little next steps. Mm -hmm. One is, please come along on the ninth, stick around after the service, and we're just going to workshop a little bit about what God might have put in our hearts. But the second invitation this morning is we want to be a people that always starts with prayer. Um, before the plans come, God usually speaks through prayer. Before our hearts are ready, He usually um, sorts us out through prayer. And so here's what we're going to pray for. I'm going to invite you, if you're new here, and you feel uncomfortable praying in a little group, no one's going to judge. You just stay sitting in a second when everybody else stands, and that's fantastic. Join us for a cup of coffee afterwards. If you would like to pray, then when I cue you, you're going to stand. Just turn to three or four people around you, and here's a few very basic things you can pray for. Pray for Nikki and her school. Pray for Lorraine, who's going to be teaching at her school. Pray that God will send kids, because, man, what a beautiful way to serve the neighborhood by having a Christ-centered church in our property Monday to Friday, right? So pray for them. If you've got a business around here, there's a fantastic coffee shop. There's a few businesses in this little triangle around here. If they on your heart, pray for them. 
Um, if you don't have anything to pray for, ask God to give you some excitement. Maybe you can even, like the Bible tells us, pray for the government around here. Heaven forbid we become the kind of church that prays for our government with wonderful, soft hearts. But maybe that's the thing that will actually change stuff. And my invitation is we're going to pray for three minutes. Keep them short. God's not impressed by lots of words. Just keep them short and simple. But pray what's in your heart and invite him to speak. And Dollar's going to put on some background music so that um, it's not awkward in the silences. If you don't want to pray, keep sitting. If you would like to pray, why don't you stand together and in groups of three, four, five, just pray for a few minutes and then I'll bring us into land just now. Is that all right? Hold on, Brassi. Thanks for sharing, bro.